was telling Heather, it's like Christmas is like making love. <laughs> it's really quick. <laughs> I want a little bit of Christmas cuddle afterwards. I don't want to just be left on the floor like, cold naked. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas just walks out on your ear. It's like, look, I gotta go. <laughs> Wondering what I did wrong. <laughs> You're over there patting the bed like, come back. Come back. Yeah. I'm cold. (laughs) Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Scary Movie Ice Cream Night podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Cole Roberts. I'm your other co-host, Mike the Mangler Anderson. And it is officially 2018, and we are back and happy to be with you. This is episode number... Oh, it's episode 55. We are five episodes past the big 5-0. Well, that's, oh, that's how math works. Yeah. But yeah, it's good to be back. It's It's been a long time, it feels like. Oh, gosh. I am so happy to be back right now. Reshed and refreshed. Reshed yeah, and man. refreshed. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Me too. Yeah, It's it, it feels like it's been a really long time. I think, I got, I think the last episode we did was... I, maybe it was early last month. I don't know, but... It was before Thanksgiving because we had Squared Co. Oh, it was. You're right. Yeah, yeah so it has been a long time. Very so long. We had we had, we had some turkey in between the mm-hmm. last episode and this one. And uh, had some Christmas. had Santa Claus come and visit us. Yeah. And then the baby New Year came and visited us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we're just left with that dick Jack Frost. Yeah, oh my God. Is it is it pretty cold? In Oklahoma? Dude, it is so cold. And I wasn't even expecting it because it had been like really nice all the way up until the week of Christmas. It, I mean, it, it, it barely got below like 70 for the longest time. And then all yeah. of a sudden, the week of Christmas and then ever since really, it's like been in the teens and uh, like the highs have been in the 30s, low 30s. And it sucks. I hate it. Yeah, it, it's absolutely miserable here too. I'm super. Uh, I I, mean, I hope this doesn't show up on the podcast, but I have a space heater on right now because it is so damn cold in my <laughs> office. I, I just, can't hear it. Okay, good. Well, if any of you can, I'm sorry, but you know, a little white noise never hurt anybody. Um, no. You know, this would be a great episode to take a nap to, probably. <laughs> like the rest <laughs> of them. <laughs> yeah, like all of our episodes. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> well, Mike. Have you been good? Is it has it been a nice little break? Are you ready for the new year? Yeah, it's been a great little break. Uh, I we had a good Christmas. Uh, kind of took a little vacation from work over Christmas break, as we usually do, because it's Colt's birthday the day after Christmas. And uh, I, I was talking to Heather today, and I was like, I, I I'm starting to hate how Christmas is like so much buildup. And then it's like the day of Christmas, and then all of a sudden it's just nothing afterwards for yeah. like ever. I mean, I thought what you did with like mixing Christmas and sex was just really awesome. Like that was really well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm with you. The thing with with ho- like you know everyone, it's no secret we love holidays on this podcast, and like yeah. I think that I I think that's just another pin into why Halloween is so great because the buildup. Really, Halloween the day, especially as an adult, and I know that changes now, especially, um, you know, you have a kid who's trick-or-treating now, and I will, you know, hopefully in another year or so, but, yeah, you know, Halloween now is a little more than just the day, but, like, you know, the last 10, 12 years, you know, 
uh, it's been all about one through thirty one. Like it's the whole month because yeah. somehow, like it's funny. Like when I was a kid, it really was about that day, you know, because like. You know, that's the day I get to go out and get the candy and that, you know, I get to wear the costume. It wasn't, you know, I'd be excited about it all month long. But like when, you, when I got older and mainly out of college where I, when I had the time to, you know, put energy into something that wasn't schoolwork, it was like, all right, man, it's October. We're going to watch scary movies every night and we're going to decorate the house and, you know, eat lots of candy and treats. And then, you know, usually on Halloween night, we were, you know, having a party. So... But, like, that that made the whole month fun. It wasn't just the day. And with Thanksgiving, it's kind of like, okay, cool. We get a little break, and then we have all the family over that day. We eat the turkey. But then what happens that night? Everyone puts up the Christmas tree. It's already the Christmas countdown. But, and you, you know, got like, Black Friday the next day, which is kind of yeah. a Thanksgiving thing. Yeah, well, and, and kind of a Christmas thing, too, I guess. Yeah, but, it's like the bridge. Yeah, exactly. But the weird thing is, is, like... You, you like December, like Christmas happens on the 25th, and then there's still a whole other week after that where there's nothing. And it's like, do I take the Christmas tree down? Do I put, yeah. you know, like, w- w- how long is too long? I mean, I know some people who put take theirs down the very next day. We leave ours up till New Year's Eve. Um, New Year's Day, like January 1st, is when I take all the Christmas stuff down. Yeah. But it's kind of sad. Like, it, it comes and goes really fast, like you were saying. Like, and it's because it's just like it it doesn't last the entire month. Yeah. My um, parents are like staunch like especially after my brother and I moved out. They are staunch like the very next day Christmas lights go down, Christmas tree goes up, wrapping paper put yeah. away, back to normal. <laughs> yeah. I think I think my parents are they they at least wait a couple of days, but um, I I don't know. I've always liked. I think I got it from Full House, but I, I liked. There was there's an episode where they have New Year's um, a, a New Year's Eve kind of party at the house, and I noticed their Christmas tree was still up, and I'm like, oh, that's a cool idea. That gives me permission to leave my tree up right. on New Year's Eve, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, January first. I don't know. January first is like that magic day where it's like new day, new year, and so it's yeah. like it's fun to like take all the old stuff down and and like get the house back into normal, and you're like, all right. New year, bring it on, you know. Does it feel different to you, 2018? I don't know why not, it feels a little lighter. The last lighter. few years absolutely have not. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, I felt like 2017 was such, like, a, a rain cloud. And I don't know why it, 2018, I don't know if it's, like, more hopeful, like, I want it to be better. I don't know. It, it doesn't really feel like it's a new year just yet. <laughs> like Yeah. Like even this week, I, I we only had like four days of work, but it felt so much longer than that. And I, I just I don't know. Like I, coming off of a long break, it's it's kind of hard to get back into the swing of things. Even though like that first day, I was like, yeah, man, let's get it. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a new year. It's gonna be so good. And like I've already failed my diet six times, and I you know I worked I worked out once, and um, yeah, like I haven't done as much personal art as I said I was going to. So maybe, maybe, uh, Monday. <laughs> yeah. We're recording this on a Saturday night. Maybe Monday I'll start over. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. That's what I've been telling myself. I was like, the first week is just warm up. It's, it's, you know, you're expected to fail the first week. So yeah, uh, the second week is when it really starts. 
Well, the problem is we got so many treats and candy and stuff from the holiday. We're just trying to get rid of it. So we oh, don't yeah. want to waste food because we know there's Tell people out there who, who, who need yeah. food and we don't want to waste it. <laughs> yeah. And like we, <sighs> we just went crazy this year at Christmas, like cooking meals and making treats and cookies <coughs> and muffins and cinnamon rolls and all sorts of things and cakes and I don't. I feel like I gained about thirty pounds just over the, just over the holidays. Oh man, I'm with you. I mean, I did. I did whole thirty this summer and lost like twenty pounds and. Yeah, I'm I'm back to almost <laughs> almost back to original me. So oh, we're, we're we're we gotta get back on it again. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But you know what? We're not here to talk about my weight issues though. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got a few uh. You, this is going to be a fun episode. So we're we're taking a break from the movies and the ice cream for this episode. I know taking a break, right? We just took a break, but yeah. <laughs> um, we do have a movie uh, podcast coming up soon, and uh, we've got a very special guest that's going to be on it. Um, but we're just we're we're going to surprise you um, with that guest uh, w- when it happens. It'll probably be the next episode, but this episode. Um, we're going to talk about scary songs, and the cat. Really, the the thing is, is like it's it's scary songs that we thought were scary when we were kids, not necessarily songs we think are scary now. Is that how you would kind of put it, Mike? Uh mine are still kind of scary. And <laughs> <laughs> still get a little scared. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Um, yeah, but I mean, like. I I I I'm trying to make it sound like it's these aren't really Halloween songs. I mean, maybe right. they could be. But, um, and actually, if I admit, like, most of mine are on a Halloween playlist, um, just because they, they do have a bit of a creep factor to them, mm-hmm. but, um, they're, we're not talking about, like, um, you know, the Freddy Krueger song with, or, you, you know, uh, what is it? It was the Will Smith song that he did with DJ Jazzy Nightmare Jeff on My Night- Street or something? Nightmare on My Street, yeah, we're not talking about that kind of stuff, we're not talking about... Um, Monster Mash. Like we're just talking about just like some songs that we find creepy. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this will be a fun episode. We're each going to talk about three, uh, um, three songs, and um, yeah, that's that's really going to be the gist of it. It's just kind of a way for us to get back into doing this again. And plus, we've kind of wanted to do this topic for a while. We just have been a little apprehensive about it since you know. Uh, there, there might be a lot of naysayers out there, you know, like, oh, we're going to talk about scary songs, I'm out. And that's fine. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, you know, we talked about a, a, an anime movie the last the last podcast we did, and so I understand if, if, if people felt a certain way about that, too. But I do want to give a very special thanks to the last two guests that we had on. Um, I want to thank Mark and Jared from Squared Co., those guys are, I just, I love them to death. Like, I love having them on the show and talking. Of course, that was the first time we've had them on our show, but we've been on their show uh, multiple times this last year, and it's it's, it's crazy. Like, it, we, I feel like it, we just gel really well with those guys, so it's always a pleasure to talk to them because I know the content's going to be good. I know the conversation's going to be good. So I really do want to thank them, but I really hope everyone enjoyed that. Um it seemed yeah. like it was a fun episode, and like I said, I know it wasn't a scary movie per se, but who doesn't like uh, A Nightmare Before Christmas, you know? Right, yeah. And you know, one day when we're all making podcasts for a living, we might just 
have our own show with them, and it's just the four of us all the time. <laughs> that would be amazing. I, I, I don't know if I don't know if they would do it with us, but maybe. I mean, we we might be their favorites. I don't know. Who um, doesn't love us? <laughs> yeah, I I, I want to meet that person. <laughs> I don't like to ask him. Like to ask him why. Like what, they, what what do you got against me? But um, <laughs> all right. Well, without any further ado, we will get into this. It is scary songs time. Songs that have scared us. Give us the creeps. Give us the willies. What is your first song? All right. Well, I, I, I've got three three good choices, and uh, two of them uh, are pretty heavy. So I'm gonna do like a sandwich, where I'm gonna start off with a heavy one, and then I'm gonna do kind of like a palate cleanser for my second choice, and then I'm gonna end on a a, a pretty heavy one. So, uh, oh damn. My my first choice for songs that scared me as a young person, not necessarily a kid for this one, uh, uh, but it is uh, 1995 Hey Man Nice Shot by Filthy. Actually, I have not heard this song. Oh, okay, it came out in 1995, so I was like 10 years old when it was when it came out. But I I don't remember listening to it until I was a little bit older, maybe uh, in high school ish, because uh, I uh, did not listen to this kind of music when I was younger. Uh, I was a country music person by choice of my parents. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but proud of him being from Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, that's all they listen to. So. Uh, that's all I listen to. Uh, but, uh, so this song came out in 1995. It's by the band Filter. It's it's more of like, I guess you'd call it alternative rock. Yeah, if I, I, I mean, in, I've maybe heard one song by Filter, but I, I feel like they were like a little on the industrial side, maybe? Kinda, yeah. I mean, I wasn't a huge Did they have like any them. like, kind of like, did they have like a techno vibe to them a little bit? Or was it just basically a rock band? It's. I think it's basically a rock band. Um, okay. I'm probably not doing a really great job of describing them, but again, I don't. I didn't really listen to them much beyond this song. Um, but the reason this song was scary to me was after I found out the meaning behind the song. The song is actually about the public suicide of a politician named Bud Dwyer. Once I found that out, going back and like listening to the lyrics um, just gave them such a deeper and more sinister meaning that anytime I listen to this song, I just get the heebie-jeebies and the creeps. But um, Hey Man, Nice Shot first debuted. It was assumed that the song was a nod to Kurt Cobain, who shot himself in April of 1994. However, the song was actually written about the 1987 public suicide of Pennsylvania... Pennsylvania State Treasurer R. Bud Dwyer. So, um, from the story that I've read, Pennsylvania State um, actually paid like way more in taxes than they were supposed to. So, when they were trying to figure out how they were going to reconcile all these things, they started taking bids from all of these um, 
places around the around the country to help them settle this and repay their money to all the employers that they kind of cheated out of money. And um, the story goes that this one company um, basically was um, vetted by Bud as the only choice, even though there were several other companies um, bidding for the opportunity to, to, to work on this. Um, Bud was given like $300,000 by this company to be the only choice to where he would just kind of look the other way on the other choices. He was brought up on charges of being corrupt. And uh, it turns out he actually didn't do any of it. It was all false charges. Um, but he was, they didn't find that out until after he had committed suicide because um, he turned down a plea deal where he would have had to serve like five years in prison and pay. Uh, I can't remember how much money, but it was it would have been a pretty hefty fine. But he turned down that plea deal, so he faced multiple charges, and he would have had to serve like 55 years in prison and pay $300,000. So he basically said, you know, my only way out is suicide. So he professed his innocence at a live press conference, and cameras were rolling, and he uh, basically... Uh, had this manila envelope, pulled out a uh, a pistol or a revolver, and shot himself on live TV. And I've actually seen, yeah, I've actually seen the video of him doing that. So um, the combination of seeing that video, knowing the backstory of it, and then knowing that there's a song that was specifically inspired by that video, um, it always makes me think of it, and it always kind of, you know, it it just brings me to a real dark place when I hear that song. And um, so like there's there's lyrics in the songs. It's almost like the guy is speaking like he's proud of the guy for doing what he did. I, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a song analyzer and <laughs> claim to know the actual meaning behind the song. But just what I get from listening to the lyrics are like some of the lyrics go, Now that the smoke's gone and the air is all clear, those who were right there have a new kind of fear. You'd fight and you were right, but they were just too strong. They'd stick it in your face and let you smell what they considered wrong. And that was him basically saying, you know, I, you knew you were right. You tried to do everything you could to prove that you were right. But going up against these corporate companies, you know, they're just too strong. And they know when they've got, when they've, got something in mind, they're going to do it and they've got every resource to do it. And you just can't fight against something like that. And the only way you can do it is like really do something powerful, like what he did. And, um, I think that's what the majority of the song is about. And so, um, subject matter is not like necessarily spooky, like monsters and ghosts and stuff, but Right. It, it's uh, it's got a pretty heavy connotation to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't know any of this. Like, I, you know, like I said, I've, I've probably only heard a song or two by that band, and, but I didn't know about this, this politician or anything like that. And yeah. that's, uh, whoo, man, on-camera suicide. That is crazy. Yeah. You've probably heard this song because it's one of their more popular ones. It's the one that you will hear on the radio from them. Uh, the majority of the time, I honestly can't even think of another song that they play on the radio by filter. I'm sure there's got to be some, but this is the one that you'll probably hear about 90% of the time. And that's a heavy song in the context of like subject matter. 
Yeah, for sure. And it's 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 kind of a droning song a little bit. There's kind of like one kind of melody to it. It doesn't really change up. It, it gets really hard during the chorus. Like it starts rocking really hard during the chorus, but um, for the most part, it's just kind of this real slowly paced song, and it it sounds kind of scary just in itself. But um, yeah, well, that was a good first choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I'll go with my next one, and like. I'll, admittedly, I have some that are probably at the surface a little funny, yeah. In a sense, because like they they do kind of like they do come from my childhood. But there is one that like uh, recently that really affected me and really shook me. And man, it's it's something I honestly hate even talking about. Like I I, I debated if I was gonna say anything about it at all. Um, yeah, but. Um, cause I mean, like the, the effect it had on me was just, I mean, it, it, it was, it was, uh, it was dark for sure. So, um, a couple years ago, uh, Mr. David Bowie passed away and I was never a David Bowie fan. Um, not that I didn't dislike him. It's just, I never really pursued listening to his music. I never really got into him, but the thing that's kind of amazing is um, it wasn't until you passed away where I, you know, thought, like, little little uh, prefaces just a little bit. Like, one of my favorite things to do is to find a band I missed out on during, you know, whether I wasn't alive at that point or it was during a phase of my life. Like you had said, when that filter song came out, you were only 10 and you weren't listening to really music. You know, you were just... And, and most 10-year-olds aren't listening to music. Um, you know, that's something you kind of find in your, you know, your teenage years or sometimes even your college years or even later. Um, yeah. You know, when you're a kid, you're just kind of more concerned about, you know, um, playing video games or playing outside or comic books, whatever. I really, I, I really enjoy, like, digging through the back catalog of, of like, um, you know, some really well-known bands. Like, recently, um, I've been super heavy into Pearl Jam and I never listened to them growing up and the the thing that blows my mind about that band is um, to me they were I always classified them as that stereotypical 90s grunge band with a you know singing <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was probably a pretty good impression but it really the thing was. that blows <laughs> thank you the thing that blows me away about them is they have 10 albums and only one of them sounds like that yeah and because it was such a huge smash hit that they're they're they've just have been labeled as this '90s grunge band, and it that is like like it, it almost makes me sad to think that that was my mindset for. I mean, that band's been around my entire existence. You know, they started in the early '90s, um, and until this last year, I thought they were like, oh, that's that's junk. I don't want to listen to that. You know, not that I'm hating on '90s grunge because I love uh, Nirvana and Alice in Chains, but I felt like they offered something different. You know, the bands I didn't like were the post-grunge bands like Creed and you know, like really were like products of that time where it was like they were just kind of riding off the coattails of a of a type of music that had its time for a couple of years and then moved on yeah uh but i pearl jam i was probably one of my favorite bands now and it's crazy to say that because i'm only like a year into enjoying them but yeah um 
basically, I'm just trying to say, like, I, I go back through these bands and I listen to all their stuff because, I don't know, I'm very open-minded. I love music. I always have loved music. And um, being a, a former musician and myself, it's like, a, it's still such a huge part of my life. So when Bowie passed away, I started going back through his catalog because I kind of just wanted to know more about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was blown away by how many songs I knew of his but didn't know it was him. Exactly. Um, yeah. So the the thing that's crazy about uh, his passing was um, he died of cancer, and the thing is, is like he knew he was dying, and that's kind of the thing, right? You know, you kind of know if you have cancer because of the toll it takes on your body and your health. Yeah. And for some people, it goes quickly, um, but for him, um, I think he had about a year. Um notice of this of this cancer that he had um and during that time he chose to to make art which is really kind of amazing like um i don't know like you know it's kind of morbid to think about but it's like i don't know what i would do my last you know if i knew i had a year left like if i would be trying to make art you know um Mm -hmm. i would probably be trying to do like a lot of other things but he thought i'm he, he he made an album and yeah. Bowie being the type of artist he is, so high profile, and like really not just high profile, but like he, his entire career, he was totally thinking ahead. And that's one thing I picked up on in his albums was, I mean, he had these personas of being like this man from the moon, um, you know, being uh, this Ziggy Stardust character at some point, uh, you know, and like, I don't know, he was just like really creative, really innovative, um, again, really ahead of his time. And this guy makes an album about basically him dying, it more or less. Um, and I listened to it, and it really was like haunting, like. And I think that's exactly what it did to me. I think it, I think it really like got to my core and haunted me for a, a good week or so. Because, um, for one thing, the album is heavily like esoteric. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with Bowie is he's always been kind of like this, you know, spiritual type of guy, and not really spiritual in like the you know go to church on Sunday, but like kind of extending past the the galaxies and the realm type of you know spiritual like he's just he's just an out there dude and basically this album is just talking about you know like it's called black star um and it's kind of you know what what is a black star well that's a star that's dying that's a star that's like fading away Mm -hmm. and the tone of the album is so somber and it is just so like I don't know, foreboding. It, it's a tough listen. And uh, yeah. it was really, like, pleasant. Like, it was it was highly praised by all the critics. Um, a lot of people have said that's the best thing he's done in years. Um, and, you know, on, uh, from outside the effect it had on me, it, it was an amazing listen. Um, mm-hmm. But I will never listen to it again. I can't. Like, I, I yeah. really can't do it because he had videos that came out with two of the songs. And the two songs I'm, I'll talk about... One being the song Black Star and the other one being Lazarus. Um, Black Star, the video came out and it scared the hell out of me. I will never watch it again. The images are burnt into my head, unfortunately. (laughs) But it is the scariest thing I've ever watched because it is so creepy. Uh And 
you know, this is coming from a guy who watches horror movies all the time. Yeah. And it gave me nightmares. It legitimately gave me nightmares. Wow. And um, where I was waking up in the middle of the night sweating, and the song was, like, playing in my head. Like, I just could not get it out of my head, no matter how hard I tried. Wow. And about a month after his passing, the video for Lazarus came out, and the song kind of being about coming back from the dead. Um, you know, Lazarus being a, a, a story about a man in the Bible that um, Jesus brings back from the dead after he had been dead, you know, for quite a while. Um, Bowie's idea of this was kind of like, you know, because of his, his stature in society and because of the music that he left, like, he's always going to kind of be around. Right. Is basically what he's saying, you know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm dying. I'm, I'm not going to be here. Um, but I will, I will be at the same time because of like what I've done. And the video is terrifying. And it's, I, I can't imagine how hard it was for him to make because it's not terrifying in the same way the Black Star video was where it felt like you were witnessing like this almost satanic cult type of incantation like crazy crazy batshit stuff but like the Lazarus video is him laying in a hospital bed and you know he's so weak in this you can tell the cancer's really had an effect on his body and there's like almost like a livelier version of him kind of dancing around the bed and I mean I'm like I'm about to like freak out right now just talking about it because it like (laughs) it gives me the chills but man it just like to kind of think about where his head was, where he was like, I'm not going to be here this time next year. I have to make this album. I have to do this last thing before I go. And it'd be so profound and almost too telling. Like, I mean, talk, an album about dying. I mean, that's just so... Yeah. And like he, and he is dying, you know? Like, it. it's just... It was, a, it was a hard pill to swallow. And it wasn't because I had any affection towards the man. Because, again, I didn't know him. I didn't know the music. I didn't know... You know, there were people who were legitimately sad when he passed away. Um, like I was when Michael Jackson passed away. Or when Prince passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, but he turned his death into a performance art piece. Like... Yeah. Um, I just, it's something that, and it's not that death scares me, it's just, the way he, like, just kind of knew he was going out, he went out with a bang, and Mm -hmm. he made it really creepy when he did it, um, just kind of like, man, why did you have to do that, why did you have to be so scary about it, like, um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not kidding, the, the videos, the, the music, I mean, just chilled me to the bone, to where yeah. I have never listened to that album again. It's been almost two years. I've yeah. I'll never watched those videos again. But man, every once in a while, those songs will get stuck in my head, and I haven't even heard them. Like I said, in a couple of years, because they were just they were so powerful. And I don't I don't know why it affected me like that um, when other people are like, "Oh, this album's amazing. It's great." And I'm like, "Nope, it really haunted me. I've been haunted by a musical album. Like that is the weirdest thing to say." But wow. Yeah, that, so that's that, crazy. That, that's I, like, mine. I'm getting scared just listening to you tell me about them. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, that's the thing that that was my take from it. I, I feel yeah. like maybe most people, and and if you weren't scared, if anyone has seen the Black Star video and you weren't a little freaked out, you're you, you're you're insane. Like that is legitimately the creepiest thing I've ever seen. But. <laughs> 
to just kind of, I don't know, for me, I've always been a very sensitive person, especially like music just has such a powerful impact on me, which is why I love it so much, where it affects my mood, it affects my thoughts. I don't just listen to a song, I'm listening to every single beat, texture, note, I'm analyzing it, I'm studying it, because I come from a past life where (laughs) I was a musician in a studio, making albums, recording, working with engineers, producers, so... The way I've listened to music just has not left me yet, um, even though I haven't played in almost 10 years now. Yeah. So I, I kind of just like take this stuff in a little bit more than others. So maybe that it had that effect on me. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there was a lot of people in his fan base and even just casual listeners who may have popped in for that record. And I'm, I'm sure it was a little creepy to hear that. Like, yeah. there's even a song on that record where he's literally like, I think the line is like, um, I'm up here in heaven. How the fuck did I get here? Like almost just right. like talking about like I'm not like almost like an out of body experience where he's just like I'm I'm not here. I'm looking down and this is what's happening and it's just like oh my god. And then the thing to kick it all off, the record came out two days after he died. It yeah, wasn't see. even out yet when he passed away. Like how crazy. And so you're listening to that song come on and you're like what are you like it's like you're in my head you know like yeah. it's 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 really crazy yeah i i remember when the album came out and i remember when he passed and i i was kind of just like you like i never really listened to bowie intentionally until after he passed and i went back and found out how many songs i knew were by him that i didn't know were by him oh yeah man exactly it's crazy. Like, like you just said yeah from tv commercials to movies um you know like it it's like i mean he had a long career too i mean he was making music in the 60s so i mean yeah you, you'd have to be from another planet if you hadn't heard him you know in some yeah. shape or form and, of yeah. course, I knew him from The Labyrinth, too. I mean, that was a movie I grew up watching as a kid. Right. And he scared the hell out of me in that movie. So, I mean, why not yeah. scare me now as a, you know, 30-year-old <laughs> at the time? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I wonder if that was also kind of like one of his final wishes to kind of always, you know, stick around. Is like, how do you how do you be immortal as you just burn yourself into the the minds of the people as you leave them and it sounds yeah. like that's at least kind of what he did with you yeah i mean unfortunately <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah i mean it, it it's it's pretty wild i mean bravo to him for like really just like not even trying to make a light of a dark situation he was just trying to capture that and i can imagine that was probably an incredibly painful and dark time in his life you know i mean cancer's no joke we we all know someone who's uh passed away from that and it's awful but um the fact that he was able to get into the studio to sing and record and man you you just listen to his voice and you can tell he's just so broken and it's because yeah. of like everything he's going through and it's just like yeah i mean it's it's just it's not it's it's not something you put in the car and, and, and bob your head to while you're driving to, to, to Walmart you know, or whatever. Like, Man, that's like I said, I'll never listen to it again. I have no desire to. Like, it was just, it was that heavy. So, yeah. that's all I'm going to say about it. I'll probably never talk about this again, so don't at me. 
Well, I, I, I'm definitely curious to watch and listen to those that you talked about, but I think I'm going to wait until tomorrow when it's... Don't do it at night. And I, I'm, I'm just going to say, don't even do it, man. It's I'm not kidding. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm a guy who literally analyzes horror movies while he's closing his eyes to go to sleep at night, and I can't mess with that shit. Wow. Okay. Like, it, it's, Maybe it, I won't. It's that, it's that heavy because... <laughs> I mean, he was here. Now he's not, and yeah. he just, you know, it's it's crazy. So yeah, yikes. But all right, make the make light of the situation, Mike. What's your second song? Okay. Right. Well, uh, man, I feel like on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> oh, believe me, I, I'm just gonna tell everyone now. The <laughs> next two songs are gonna be ridiculous. So um, I wanted to I wanted to get this out of the way so it's not the last thing I talk about before I go to bed. <laughs> Uh, well, my next pick is uh, Warren Zevon's Werewolves of London. And I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before. I think during the Brandon episode where we had Brandon on, uh, I mentioned it. But this song was the song that scared the living crap out of me as a kid. (laughs) And I was deadly afraid of werewolves when I was younger. It was something that my parents used to threaten me with as punishment. They like if we were in a long car ride, they would say if you don't straighten up, we're going to leave you on the side of the car and there's werewolves out tonight and they're going to get you. And Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and that was all I needed to hear and I straightened up pretty pretty damn fast. But um <laughs> So I don't know if my parents had this on record. I think they did because they would just play it randomly, but I would also hear it on the radio. Um, But, I mean, the whole song was written kind of satirically and jokingly by the creators. It's really upbeat, um, too. Yeah, it's a fun fun song. Yeah, it's got this kind of joyful uh, piano music. And yeah. uh, but it's about so a werewolf, and he's like killing people in the song. And there's just specific lines. Um, I think also the reason this song scared me so much was I had just seen the movie Silver Bullet, which is a miniseries adaptation of a Stephen King novel um, about a werewolf. And, yeah, some uh, of those uh, OG listeners of ours probably heard an episode we did a couple years ago on that movie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that movie scared the crap out of me. And, like, the werewolf in that movie is what I imagine when I think of werewolves. It's like the biped standing up, uh, that kind of werewolf. And so (laughs) there are lines in this song that didn't exactly relate to that movie, but I could visualize things from that movie while I was listening to this song. Um, Like, specifically... uh, uh, the line you hear him howling around your kitchen door you better not let him in little old lady got mutilated late last night werewolves of london again and i'm like that line 
in and of itself was like the scariest thing to me as a kid. Yeah, I mean, the I word would, mutilated, that's that's a yeah. big word. That's <laughs> And I hated being in our kitchen because I would just stare out of our back door at night when it's like real dark into our backyard. And I'm like, there's got to be a werewolf out there just waiting. I'm not going to let you in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but then like later on um uh uh there, there's the line he'll rip your lungs out and uh just stuff like that and it's like i i had seen um american werewolf in london and i had seen silver bullet so i'd seen enough really scary werewolf movies to not like this song very much um uh, but listening yeah, to absolutely. it absolutely yeah listening to it as an adult I, I still get that little little tingle down my spine when it comes on just because it scared me so much as a kid. But I do enjoy listening to it now because it's like it's a it's a fun song and it's uh, it's yeah. got some humor <laughs> in it and it has a lot of references to like old horror movies like Lon Janey and Lon Janey Lon Janey Jr. Um, they mention them in the song and uh, it, it's just a fun little song. Yeah. Uh, isn't there a line about uh, eating some Chinese food or something like that? Yeah, that's how it starts out. It's, I saw a werewolf at a ch- with a Chinese menu in his hand walking through the streets of Soho in the rain. He was looking for a place called Li Ho Fu. Uh, gonna get a big dish of beef chow mein. And oh man, that beef chow mein's a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, but man, it, that song just scared... And he would do the chorus... He would do like this howl. He'd be like, "Ahoo, yes. London!" And I was just like, "That's all my dad had to do." Like, if my dad was walking through the house and he goes, "Ahoo, man!" I got so scared. So oh, scared. Man. I can't blame you. I mean, that's that's. I mean, you know, I was never scared of that song. I I love that song. But like, if I if I had parents start me with werewolves too, then then yeah, hell yeah, I'd be scared of that song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well good choice like i said i i love that song and it's actually um it's on my halloween playlist um yeah whenever i have a party or in october i'll <laughs> listen to my playlist and that song's on there and i'm always like yes man this is this is perfect for october and it's perfect for those sunny october days when the sun's out and the leaves are falling you put that oh, song yeah. on because I, like you said it's very joyful yeah and like, like musically <laughs> Someone sampled it. I think Kid Rock sampled it in another uh, song. Yes, dude, and that shit sometimes shows up on like a Pandora station, and I, I, I literally have to call the good people at Pandora and just smack <laughs> them a good one. Be like, don't ever play this again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the weirdest thing that I've ever seen it used in was it was used in like a granola cereal commercial. And it just totally <laughs> threw the whole se- the commercial off. Like the Werewolves of London lyrics weren't used in it, but that dun 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 that beat was played throughout the entire commercial. And it, but it, like it was filmed as if it was like this touching moment between a father and daughter on the deck while they're fishing out by the lake. And it was like not upbeat at all, so like it felt completely out of place. I was like, "This is a very odd choice of music for this commercial." <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like cereal commercial of all of all things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that's a great pick. I I, I like that song. I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Short and sweet. All right. 
So my second one, I think is a pretty scary song, but it's also a really enjoyable song. Um, this song is by a little band known as The Eagles, and you probably know what song it is. Uh, it is Hotel California. Welcome to the Hotel California. So, I, um, I love, like, songs that really just paint a picture for you. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, like I said earlier, I, I really do listen to music in, with intent. Um, if, sometimes I, I have a job where, fortunately, I'm, I'm able to listen to a lot of music throughout the day, but there's sometimes if I'm having to do a lot of reading or a lot of thinking, um, I'll, I'll turn it off or I'll go back and listen to what I was listening to during that because I, you know, I don't, I don't want to miss anything. And, um, being a kid, I was, I was often that way, you know, if I could understand the words, then I was paying attention to them. Um, so, you know, little side note, my, one of my dad's favorite songs growing up was Marvin Gaye's Sexual Healing. Probably not a good song to play for an eight-year-old in the car, but, you know. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, Hotel California, um, my dad is a huge Eagles fan. I mean, it is his all-time favorite band, and I share that same love. Uh, Not not quite as intently. Like, I would never go as far as to say they're my favorite band, but I love the hell out of some Eagles. And they're kind of my go-to, you know, being about 10 hours away from home I get a little homesick sometimes and anytime I hear an eagle song I think of being a kid I think of riding in my dad's pickup you know it just it takes me to a really simple time in a happy place and plus I just like their music um but uh Don Henley sings on this song I always liked his voice in the band and um I really like the lyrics to the song I I don't know like they're so well written and they're so like the song is so well composed like it, it was like having someone read a story to me, and I always imagined exactly what was going on each verse and every time the chorus came on. But yeah, um, you know, it starts out, and I'm not. I'll, I'll read some of the lyrics, but I'm going to kind of uh, abbreviate a little bit here. But you know, it starts out, you know, on a dark desert highway with cool wind in my hair, and so basically he's talking about how he's he's driving, and he starts to get tired. I can relate to that, man. I get tired every time I get in the car. So um, he has to stop for the night. And so we've all been there, you know, driving at night. You got to pull over, get a hotel. It's nice. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, he, he hears the mission bell. And, of course, he's talking, you know, and being in California, uh, he's probably in, like, you know, the area where the old Catholic missions were. Um, but he hears the bell and... Um, he was thinking to himself, and of course, anytime hell is mentioned in a song, especially when you're a kid, you're kind of thinking like, whoa, this is serious, you know, like, this is scary. But yeah. he says, uh, you know, um, I was thinking to myself, this could be heaven or this could be hell. And it says, then she lit up the candle and showed me the way. There were voices down the corridor, and I thought I heard them say. And so again, it goes into the Hotel California chorus. Everyone knows it. You've probably carried Oak to it before, you know. <laughs> But that imagery of, like, him, like, hearing the bell and seeing this woman, and, you know, he's thinking, like, this could be good or this could be bad, and she lights up a candle, and and then the mention of, you know, there were voices down the corridor. To me, you know, 
he's probably just meaning like you know there's just some mumbling about people they're just there's kind of people talking about how you know oh hotel california what a great place to be i love this place but to me that sounds like he hears voices i'm like oh that's creepy like are there ghosts like is that what you're hearing and so, you know, all in all, not scary yet. But then we get past, we get into the second second part of the song. And, um, you know, he's talking about how, you know, there's these Mercedes out in the parking lot. And there's pretty girls and pretty boys. You know, California, everyone's good looking. And it's summertime and it's hot and everyone's dancing. And, um, you know, one thing I didn't understand, uh, I understand now, but I didn't know what a spirit was. Mm-hmm. in the context they're talking about it but the, the lyrics go um, so I called up the captain please bring me my wine he said we haven't had that spirit here since 1969 yeah and then it says and still those voices are calling from far away wake up in the middle of the night just to hear them say so I think th- I think there is this like double meaning to the song where you know he's it's a hotel and everything's kind of perfectly normal for California standards at this hotel, but maybe it's haunted, you know? Uh-huh. Because, like, when he says, please bring me my wine, and the guy says, we haven't had that spirit here since 1969, I'm thinking, like, a ghost. But, you know, yeah. again, a spirit is an alcoholic drink. Yeah. Um, but then shortly after that, you know, he still hears those voices calling from far away. Again, I'm thinking, and, and he wakes up in the middle of the night, I'm thinking, like, He's in a haunted hotel room, you know? So, like, as a kid, this is what I'm imagining. I'm just like, oh, man, this is the scariest place ever. Yeah. And so um, we get into the uh, ending of the song, and this is where I I, I think, like, it kind of does get pretty creepy, but it says, uh, mirrors on the ceiling. (laughs) You know what that's for. Um, (laughs) the, The pink champagne on ice, and she said, we're all just prisoners here of our own device. And in the master's chambers, they gather for the feast. They stab it with their steely knives, but they just can't kill the beast. Last thing I remember, I was running for the door. I had to find the passage back to the place I was before. Relax, said the nightman. We are programmed to receive. You can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. And I'm like, yeah. oh my god! Like, <laughs> and yeah, I, get, I got goosebumps just reading that. But like. Yeah, man. You know, that, that I'm like, man, that's crazy. Like, what is going on at this place? Were they trying to eat him? Like, what was going on? Is he, you know, he had to leave. Like, he runs. You know, he's running for the door. And they and they basically are like, you can check out any time, but you can never leave. And it's like, oh, check out. You know, like, you know, another meaning for, you know, dying. Dying, yeah. Uh, so you can check out, but you're not going to leave. Obviously, if you're dead, your body's going to stay there. So... You know, I I never looked. I, I I should have, but I've never looked into the um, meaning of the song or even why they wrote it or what inspired them. But I didn't need to because what yeah. <laughs> I got from the song as a kid, it scared me. But yet I enjoyed it because my dad loved the song so much. Also, it has a super bitching guitar solo. Mm-hmm. Um, and being a kid who you know play guitar at a young age and loved it like that 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 stuff just got me super stoked so i don't know like it was like one of those like love hate relationships with this song you know i like i loved it but i i kind of freaked me out um but such a cool like such a cool song because like it's well written it's catchy it's beautiful at times and then it just paints this imagery in your head so perfectly and 
And it's even funnier when you're a kid and you don't understand some of the terminology being used. And so it sounds scarier than it should be. But I do believe the ending is pretty scary. Oh, totally. I think that's how they meant it to be. I think they kind of meant it to be like, we're going to have like some kind of double entendres here. You know, we're going to have some double meaning. But we're going to kind of clarify it for you at the end. Like, we're really going to, like, that's kind of like the twist. It's like, oh, it really is a bad place, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Dude, 100% on board with you on that one. Uh, yeah, you this feel was the same one way. that my <laughs> my parents did own this one on vinyl and they would play it a lot and I would hear it in the car and from the spirits connection that you talked about all the way to the you can never leave lyric. I I'm with you 100%. This song scared the crap out of me as a kid. Yeah, it's all you needed. That's all you needed to hear. And and granted, like I said, it was a pretty song, but man, the the tonally the song is like it's kind of like like just that intro of the guitar picking. It's not like a happy tune. Like it's a little bit like I don't know. I I don't know if they ever made a music video for this or anything. If they're even doing that back in, during the time the song was made, but mm-hmm. I, I could imagine it being uh, being pretty cool. I'll have to look it oh, up. Oh, I totally visualize one. it like this kind of like Beetlejuice looking hotel with like <laughs> spirits kind of everywhere, but like not like just floating around. But like, kind of hidden in the shadows, and but then like towards the yeah. end, they are all ghosts, and he, it turns out like he was actually dead too the whole time or something. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, something crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, I my my dad had the vinyl too, and there's photo the the vinyl artwork's awesome because there is this hotel on the cover, and there's palm trees, and even the type on the cover is like in this like uh, neon sign style, but like. On the inside, the hotel looks very foreboding. It's very dark, and it doesn't look like a place I'd want to stay at, even though it's nice. Yeah. It's just, it's not warm um, and, and friendly. It's it's very, you know, scary. <laughs> yeah. So I don't that, know that why. Was, I always had that in my head. Yeah. I don't know why, but the line that always scared me the most was the, they just can't kill the beast, because... I didn't yeah. know what the beast was, and I was like, "Is that like, like a yeah, monster? Like, is it is it the devil? Like, what's going on?" Yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm not the only one to to to, to be a baby about that song, <laughs> but it it was quite scary. <laughs> That's a perfect pick. Awesome. Well, you got you got another one for us. Yeah. Okay. So this one's probably my heavier one. It's not necessarily heavy in the way that your David Bowie one was heavy, but it's it's heavier in the the spook factor, I guess. Okay, I'm with you. Okay, so my final pick is um, from the 2001 album Lateralus by Tool, and the song is called Fape Day Ode. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that right because I think it's Latin. Um, Nobody but, knows. It's yeah. tool. <laughs> yeah, it's tool. So, 
are are you in any way a Tool fan? I don't suppose you are. You know, here's the thing. I've I, I just I was talking about how like I'm going back and listening to these bands I never listened to as a kid. Cause like I, I'll be honest, when I started getting into music, like my first earlier listenings of music were like the Jackson Five, Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie, Hollow Notes, because that's what my parents were jamming to, but. When I did start picking out music, I was listening to like the really, you know, cheesy contemporary Christian music like DC yeah. Talk and Newsboys. And it wasn't until like two years of that when I discovered, you know, some of my, you know, some <laughs> better bands. But during that time, that's when Tool was big and that's when, you know, Pearl Jam was big and Korn and all those bands where I didn't listen to them, you know, because they weren't, they weren't Christian bands. Uh, right. But, like, and then when I got into high school and I started listening, I was really into punk rock. So I was listening to, like, No Effects and MXPX and Pennywise and, yeah. you know, obviously the opposite of all, all I was listening to. But um, I never went back. Like, it, it was almost like it was, like, it hadn't passed far back enough for me to, like, care. But I... I did play sports in school, and there was always a Tool album on, like, every once in a while, like, in between, like, you know, Metallica or, you know, yeah. something terrible, like yeah. Slipknot. I love Metallica. <clears throat> my favorite. Yeah. Um, but, uh, anyway, well, all that jabbering just to say, no, I didn't listen to Tool. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, <laughs> no, see, I actually didn't either. Um, there were a handful of bands back when I was younger that I was kind of, uh, it was an unwritten rule that I was not allowed to listen to them. And, uh, the big one was like Marilyn Manson and, uh, Oh, of course. Yeah. No yeah. parent wanted their kid to listen to right. Manson. Right. Uh, so like he was the big one. Nine Inch Nails was kind of under that umbrella. And I don't think my parents knew about Tool, but I kind of just associated them with that genre of music. Um, but it wasn't until kind of later in college where I worked with a guy at, uh, the grocery store that I worked at and he was really into tool. And, uh, I had heard some of their songs on the radio and, um, I didn't know a lot about him other than what I'd heard on the radio, but he wound up giving me like their entire discography of everything that had been released so far. He had just kind of burned everything onto a couple CDs and gave it to me. And I found that I really enjoyed just putting it on because there's not a ton of lyrics to their songs. Um, a lot of it is kind of just instrumental and like industrial sounding. Mm -hmm. And, um, the, uh, obviously there are songs that do have lyrics in them and sometimes they're harder than others but a lot of times it's just nice to kind of put that on in the background and just draw to it, it, it oh yeah yeah i get that for sure yeah so i was listening to this album uh as i was drawing one night a few years back um several years back i i would say probably in 2002 or ac actually no probably later than that because i think i was out of high school by then so maybe 2004 or 5 and um, this song came on, and it was towards the end of the album. I think it might actually be the last song on the album. And there's no lyrics to it. It's just instrumental. But the things about it that are scary are, like, the drum. The way they recorded it, it sounds like the drums are being played, like, in the next room. Like, they're real... 
not muffled, but they just sound like they're really far away. So the the music gets kind of real staticky, and there's the drum beat, but they start playing this sound clip, and I thought that it was recorded just for the song because it 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 it. it the sound clip is of this guy and he sounds like he's talking about um, Area 51 and aliens about how um, he's like on the run and um, he's he's trying to tell you that there's aliens and that the government knows about the aliens and that they're they're keeping information from the public and he sounds real frantic because he says he doesn't have a lot of time the the people are probably triangulating on his position as they speak um, he's like out of breath as if he's like running while he's calling and, um, or while he's telling you this. And, uh, uh, he said he used to work for area 51, but he was released, uh, for like medical reasons. And the song just kind of keeps building as this is playing. And then all of a sudden it just kind of cuts and the song ends. And it was just real spooky because you can't, you can kind of barely hear him over the music. So you're trying to like really listen to what he's saying and you just know it's like he's scared. So you're kind of scared. And uh, the music itself is scary. So like I was just like completely traumatized after listening to this song. And needless to say, I I wasn't getting a whole lot of drawing done during this song. Um, (laughs) But where this comes back into play now is, I again, I mentioned before, I thought that recording was made just for the song, but it turns out that that was an actual recording that they just sampled and put into the song. And the, and the way I found that out was I listened to this other podcast called The Last Podcast on the Left, and they did an episode about scary recordings and things that are uh, like don't have a whole lot of explanation behind them and they're just spooky and it turns out that have you ever heard of the um the radio show called coast to coast am i've heard space ghost coast to coast <laughs> right that's what i think about every time I hear it. but anyway um so the story behind this is um at about 1 a.m eastern standard time on friday september 12 1997 Host Art Bell, the host of the paranormal-themed radio program, Coast to Coast AM, designated one phone line for Area 51 employees uh, who wanted to discuss the secretive base. Several callers claimed to work at Area 51, but the bizarre highlight of the night came when a seemingly distraught and terrified man claimed to be a former Area 51 employee recently discharged for medical reasons. He cited malevolent extraterrestrials at Area 51 and an impending disaster that the government knew would take out major population centers. Midway through the call, Bell's program went off the air for about 30 minutes when the show's satellite feed actually failed. And so that's when the audio actually cuts off. So I got to listen to the actual call. And the guy calls in and he is just like, he sounds like he's about to start crying. Like he knows that he's about to get caught for saying what he's about to say, but he knows he needs to get this information out. And he sounds like, I pictured him like running through the woods and like agents are like falling in line after him. They're like following him and trying to find him as he's giving out this information. And then when it cuts off, I just imagine that they found him and 
you know, it was just done. But the the show's actual satellite feed failed for 30 minutes, which is just creepy because it's like the government was watching everything and just like killed the guy and then killed the show's feed and everything. And um, so like I'm actually I'm going to be putting uh, sound clips from all of our choices in, but I'm going to put in this full audio so you guys can hear it. It's really creepy and it just... The, the song is creepy, but then just listening to this audio by itself is really creepy. And the story behind it, it's it's nuts. Hello, Art. Yes. Hi. Um, I, I, I don't have a whole lot of uh, time. Um, well, look, let's begin yeah. by finding out whether you're using this line properly or not. Uh, Area 51. Yeah, um, that's right. Were you an employee or are you now? I, a former employee. Former um, employee. I, I, I was let go on a medical discharge about a week ago. And, and I, I've kind of been running a, across the country, um, oh man, I don't know where to start. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're gonna, um, they'll triangulate on this position really, really soon. So um, you can't spend a lot of time on the phone, so give us something quick. Okay, um, um, okay, what, what we're thinking of as, as aliens are, they're, uh, they're, they're extra-dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the, um, space program made contact with. Uh, they, they are not what they claim to be. Uh, they have infiltrated a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of aspects of, of, of the military establishment, particularly the Area 51. Uh, the, the disasters that are coming, they, the, the military, I'm sorry, the, the government knows about them, and there's a lot of safe areas in this world that they could begin moving the population to now, Art. But they're not doing, they're not doing anything. They are not, they want the major population centers wiped out so that the the few that are left will be more easily controllable. Discharge. Uh, I, I started getting... I'm not, I'm not usually scared by aliens or anything like that, uh, but this, it just felt really real. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a real conversation that was had. Yeah, absolutely. And there's been some talk about uh, they've had like several people call in and claim to be the guy that called in. Um, some of them more reputable, reputable than others, but it's still never been confirmed that anybody that called in did claim that they were him was actually him. So it's still kind of an unsolved mystery. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. What if that was an unsolved mystery episode? That'd yeah. be tight. Man, I can't wait to talk about Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, well, good choice. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with that tune, but um, it's crazy because, like, like you said, you're listening to it, you're thinking, like, you know, they put that in there for effect, for dramatization. But what they really put in there was a, a real recording, and that that's what makes it scary. Yeah. You're totally yeah. right. Yeah, it's really... It's, it's creepy. Man. Well, my only request is... Don't put any of the David Bowie songs I talked about into this oh, okay. audio because I, I can't that. hear it again. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, because that would uh, cause me to have to listen to it, and I'm not under sure I want to. You, you, you're not strong enough. None of us are. We can't do it. 
All right, well, I'm going to kick things off with a short and sweet but light note because, by God, I think we need it, man. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm kind of at my wits end now. So. Yeah, it's <laughs> like 1230. This... I don't know if I can go to sleep now. I know, and I keep hearing like little like bumps and creaks in the house, and I'm just like, oh, oh just, <laughs> just I'm over it. All right, so that, and that's what makes these episodes fun. Like we've had a couple of episodes like this where I've been like really edgy and on my seat. Yeah, yeah. It's like we're sitting around the campfire talking about them. So hopefully, uh, yeah. it's been enjoyable for people. But last pick, <laughs> this is a good one, Mike. This is a really good one, and <laughs> it's not a scary song. But when when you're a kid and you don't understand how audio works, it can be scary. But my last <laughs> and final pick is. The Thunder Rolls by Garth Oh gosh. Brooks. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And the Thunder Rolls. The Thunder Rolls. And the lightning strikes. Another love grows cold on a sleepless night. As the storm goes on out of control. Deep in her heart. So, I, I don't know if it, a lot of people, like, kind of grew up with the phenomenon of Garth Brooks like we did, because yeah. we're from Oklahoma, and that man is too, and boy, did, did, did we need a champion. You know, yeah. <laughs> we, we've got Garth Brooks, right? And so, and here's here's the thing, I, I don't have anything against the guy. I think he is cool. I think he's a super nice dude. I am not a country music fan at all. I mean, I like old... I call it grandpa country because my grandpa used to listen to old 60s country. I actually listen to that at least a couple of days a a week where I'm just like... It's my background music when I'm cleaning the house. I'll put on some old um, country music like Hank Williams or Johnny Cash, things like that. Yeah. Um, But like, you know, 80s, 90s, today's country, it never interests me. Um, but Garth Brooks was a thing you couldn't escape as a kid. I mean, my parents don't listen to country music, but by God, we had, you know, the first couple of Garth Brooks cassette tapes, you know, cause, and Mm -hmm. he was hot shit back then too. I mean, he was selling massive amounts of albums. He was always on TV. His tours were selling out. I mean, he was larger than life, especially not just in the country scene, but just in general. So... You know, if you were a fan of his, it was a really special time, um, like a really big time for him. Uh, but I'll never forget um, the first time I heard uh, this song. Um, b- but we were driving, it was just my dad and I, and we were in his pickup, and we were driving, I think, either to Joplin or to Tulsa, one of the, you know, one of those places. And uh, I remember it was in the summer, and it was hot. And the sun was out, and I was just, you know, typical Oklahoma summer day, probably 150 degrees, you know. <laughs> um, but we're in the car, and Dad puts in a cassette tape. And I, I, I've mentioned this story briefly, I think, on that episode we did with Brandon a while back. So, you know, most of you have heard this. But um, <laughs> I didn't understand the concept of, like, you know, we're listening to music, so it has to be music coming out of the stereo. It's music. We're listening to music. But the intro right. of the song starts off with thunder. And a very loud thunder. And, like, as a kid, you know, 
thunders thunderstorms are scary. I don't know why. Like, yeah, it's probably because you just don't grasp it yet, or you think something bad's gonna happen. And honestly, being from Oklahoma, most of the time it did mean something bad was gonna happen. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like you kind of do live in fear when it when spring rolls around and you know there's a, a thunderstorm. Uh, but. Uh, this song, like, it just blared through the speakers, and I was so confused, like I said, because it was hot and sunny out, and I didn't understand the concept of something non-music coming through the speakers, and I'm like, it startled me. I remember just jumping in my in my seat and, like, you know, looking around, and I'm like, Dad, what's going on? What's, you know, he's like, calm down, it's just a song, it's a cassette tape, you know? <laughs> And it was like I just didn't, and he liked the song, so he rewound it and played it again. And I'm like, oh, really? How'd they get the thunder on the tape? You know, like, I was just like blown away by it. But um, I remember the music video for this song, and even it was kind of dark. Like it was, it took place at night, and there's a thunderstorm rolling in. And the only thing I remember, and I didn't quite get it as a kid, but there's a woman in bed, and it's not like sexy woman in bed type of situation she's just there's just a woman sitting on the bed and there's a man on the other side of the room and he's kind of like he's leaving so you without showing too much you know because it was 1990 or whatever and you know they country music they weren't risque um you know uh, they just got done having a little little sexy time and he's leaving <laughs> and he's like um he's like uh she basically says something like you know are you going to come back while I see you again? You know, um, I'm your I'm your real woman. And he's like, no, you're not. I'm a family man. And, like, leaves. And I was like, what the... F-? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about? But I guess, I guess he was having an affair in a hotel, and he was just, you know, using her, obviously. And he's like, no, I'm going back to my family, you know, whatever. But I was just like, whoa, this is like, what's going on? You know, like, this is really heavy content. And then there's this thunder at the beginning, you know, it's creepy. But that that's literally all I have to say about this song. Like it just yeah. it scared me for a brief moment, but it's just it's one of those things you don't forget because there's there's a lot of things happening that you are new to you. Like again, how how is there thunder coming out of the stereo? Like you just don't understand as a kid. You know, I'm I'm probably five years old at the time this song came out. So like it's just Dude, blowing my mind. <laughs> no, I I I think I mentioned it on a, on a previous cast. This is a song that scared me just as much as Werewolves of London scared me. And <laughs> like I said earlier, my parents were country music fans. Like my dad still, that's all he listens to. And they were huge Garth Brooks fans. And the first time I heard this song, it was on their massive stereo system they had those like big wooden stereos you know and, oh yeah uh, it with like a yeah with like a huge receiver and uh record player and they put the song on and i'm sitting in my uh living room of my house of their house or our house and all of a sudden this roaring thunder just echoes throughout the entire house just floods through it and i'm like what the heck is going on? I like. I just remember standing up, not knowing what to do. So I just run to my room and bury myself underneath my covers and my pillows because I did not know what was going on. And they would play that song several times ever since then, and it would scare me every single time. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and you know, it's it. 
it, it's uh same effect you know just like hearing it and it's loud and like it's 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 not a happy song either i mean no. lyrically um you know basically like i'll just run it down real quick but it, it you know it starts off it's it's 3 30 in the morning and you know it's basically like the the rain's happening um there's this woman she's all alone she's pacing by the telephone um she's you know she's hoping that um um that her husband or this guy is okay because he's not back yet and she's concerned in the storm but it, it's kind of kind of weird because like um towards the end of the song and this is where it just kind of like it has that kind of twist but um you know it says she's waiting by the window when he pulls into the drive she rushes out to hold him thankful he's alive but on the wind and rain a strange new perfume blows and lightning flashes in her eyes and he knows that she knows. So that's with the video. Like uh, her, her husband comes home. It's like, where is he at? Well, he's he's banging some mother chick right now. Yeah. And yeah. so when he comes home, she's like, whose perfume is that? And so <laughs> towards the end of the song, it says she runs back down the hallway to the bedroom door. She reaches for the pistol kept in the dresser drawer. Tells the lady in the mirror he won't do this again because tonight will be the last time. She'll wonder where he's been. Woo! Yep. So she's, <laughs> she shot the man. She's like, hell yeah. no, you are not coming back from another woman's house. I'm going to kill your ass dead right now. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, like, know if you've, I don't know if you've watched the video, but it is shot kind of like eerily too. Like it's all like dark shadows and it's like all shot at night too. So it's like real blue and like, real ethereal looking lots of like blowing yeah. wind in the in the sheets <laughs> and drapes of windows <laughs> yeah that yeah it's funny i haven't seen the video in a long time but like i remember bits and pieces of it for sure because again yeah. it, music videos were so big when we were kids too um yeah but yeah so the thunder roll is garland bricks <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> that's so funny i'm i'm glad i'm glad i wasn't the only one scared by that song and if any of you all have been affected by a Garth Brooks song, please reach out. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> We're your um, 800 number. <laughs> yeah, man, it's crazy. He's been doing these uh, sold-out shows every weekend in December here in Nashville, and my aunt and uncle went. They're actually good friends of his, and um, and this, this, is, this is where I get a little offended, but Garth invites them to come up to the show from Oklahoma, so they fly mm-hmm. all the way to Nashville, they don't even drop by to say hi. They just go go to the concert. Then they hang out with Garth and Trisha the whole next day. Well, I say hang out. It's not like they were shopping at the mall or anything. But, um, you know, like my, my uncle has this uh, home. Like he, I, he, he runs like a home security company. And he's always been Garth's guy. Like he's always taking care of his house. Wow. And so they've become good friends over the years. So when he was doing his residency in Vegas... Um, you know, they went out to see him in Vegas and he got him in for free, got him good seats, you know, set him up, hooked him up. And, uh, their daughter and, uh, her husband, uh, they were in the military at the time and he brought them out to a Vegas show so they could have some fun entertainment. Um, and of course, you know, he asked them to come out to Nashville so he could, they could see the show and also, you know, come by the house and check it out make sure everything's, you know, working <laughs> the next day. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's it's really cool, but like, yeah, no, thanks for not giving me tickets or you know, uh, coming by to see us. 
whatever. It's not like you're in Nashville every day. <laughs> and they don't listen to this podcast, so I can talk some shit right now. It's all good. Um, <laughs> but Garth Brooks does. <laughs> yeah, he, he certainly does. I've, I've heard, man, Garth Brooks is a fan of Scary Movie Ice Cream Night. So, um, Well, man, I'm glad we could end like this because I was, you know, shaking in my boots over here, no pun intended. Uh, yeah, it's it a nice little palate cleanser there. <laughs> yeah, we needed it, man. I just, ooh, this scary topic sometimes just get a little too real for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll we'll wrap this up. Uh, like I said, we'll be back with another episode with a special guest. I'm super excited about this guy coming on our show. I'm a fan of his podcast. And um, he's going to be really fun to talk about. And the movie we're talking about is one Mike and I have been saving for a really long time. Probably a lot of you have been thinking, why haven't we talked about this yet? It's a classic. And I'm just going to keep teasing you right now. I'm not going to give you any hints. So, with that (laughs) said, (laughs) we hope you guys have an awesome 2018. Thank you for sticking with us. And we hope you enjoy this episode. And hit us up. On our social media accounts, we want to hear from you guys. We want to, you know, tell us what your your scary songs are. We might put a prompt out there so we can hear hear from you guys. But uh, check us out on Instagram at Scary Movie Ice Cream Night. You can look us up on Facebook. Just search for the podcast name. And uh, yeah, let's keep in touch. Let's have some fun. We're gonna try to be a little more active on those things this year. Uh, you know, New Year, New Us, right? So yeah, uh, it's not enough that we just we tell you that we love you. We, we want to start showing that. Yeah, absolutely. And also, if you can do us a solid, if you haven't yet, search Scary Movie Ice Cream Night or Scary Movie Ice Cream uh, on iTunes and give us a, a, a rating and review. It really helps out. It gets people, you know, to notice us. Um, so, you know, write, tell us if you love it. Do you hate it? You know, is, is, is Mike the coolest person ever? Is he not? I don't know. But we need to know. <laughs> through the iTunes account so uh, give us a rating and a review we read these things I check it every day it's really sad um, but that's my <laughs> life now so uh, with, <laughs> with that being said we'll see you next time or else gonna get it bitch later guys see ya suckers <laughs> <laughs>